Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 49 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is about data breach compliance in the era of GDPR. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tom Fox, who has released his new comprehensive book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. Thank you, Mike. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'm extraordinarily pleased to announce the publication of my latest book, The Complete Compliance Handbook. This one-volume compendium provides you the most up-to-date advice on what constitutes a best practices compliance program. I bring together the top ideas, the top commentators, the top techniques, and topics that you can incorporate into your compliance program literally in a 31-day format to more fully operationalize your company's compliance regime. It incorporates the Department of Justice's 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs and information from the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. If you want one volume to guide you in operationalizing compliance, this is it. It's available starting May 21 on Amazon.com. If you'd like an autographed copy, please order one from my website, www.fcpacompliancereport.com, and I will mail it to you. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will check it out. I know you will find it useful. Thanks, Tom. Today we will be discussing data breach compliance and data breach notification requirements. With the increase focused on cybersecurity and data privacy, companies face a variety of nightmare scenarios caused by a major data breach. We've all read the headlines or even possibly personally been impacted by a data breach. Some examples of large data breach cases include companies such as Yahoo, when 500 million users had compromised names, email addresses, dates of birth, and telephone numbers, or Equifax, when 143 million people suffered disclosures of their personal information, including social security numbers, birth dates, and addresses. It's easy to understand in these circumstances that a company has to address the significant risks of a data breach. The impact of a data breach involves immediate and significant negative publicity, possible congressional intervention and hearings, and extends to breach remediation costs, which are technical and legal, corporate governance challenges, and the inevitable follow-on collateral litigation. Costs from a data breach are mounting, and companies can no longer ignore the impact of uh, such an event. And given the potential devastating impact, companies have to secure uh, cyber insurance as part of an overall compliance and remediation strategy. A data breach emergency protocol plan is a critical component of every data privacy compliance program. But the question is, how do you define the operational components, the triggers, uh, and the standards for ensuring compliance with relevant laws and regulations? And, of course, as we all know, the answer is, that depends. If you have data of European Union residents and citizens, you will have to comply with the General Data Protection Regulations, or GDPR. If you have a data breach of U.S. person data and it relates to healthcare information, you will have to meet requirements for HIPAA and the privacy rule regulations. 
there's no comprehensive federal data breach notification standard. Instead, everyone has to operate in compliance with a patchwork of state regulation. So for U.S. companies with personal data of individuals in each state, or even foreign companies that operate in the states, uh, in effect, they're required to comply with the lowest or highest, I don't I always get confused at this point, a common denominator, meaning the state with the strictest set of regulations. So the 50 state requirements vary uh, depending on a number of details and factors, and, and a lot of states are changing their uh, laws in this area to make them even more strict. But some of the issues where they, uh, they sort of come together on, and, and you can see trends, are the definition of personal information, most states have a very broad definition of personal information. The trigger uh, for notification requirements, uh, the inclusion of a risk of harm analysis from the, let's say, breach itself, whether they ha you have to provide notice to the uh, attorney general of a state or the state agency, and uh, notification, for example, of uh, people who've been impacted, uh, persons who've been impacted within a set time period. Uh, 20 states or so have a range of 30 to 60 days, depending upon uh, the type of breach that's occurred. And many states have uh, an encryption safe harbor, and uh, a number of states have uh, imp uh, laws uh, surrounding the private cause of action as well. So when customer information is breached, companies have to establish, for example, where a customer resides, for purposes of determining which state law may apply. Breaches uh, that involve personal, health, and financial data require much more robust notification and remediation efforts. Um, the costs of notification are just the beginning of sort of the impact. Customer support sometimes for individuals who need assistance as well as compensation for damages and let's say replacement of a new credit card uh, that can quickly add to a company's costs to remediate after a data breach. So given the increasing burden being imposed by the states, companies need to ensure prompt and comprehensive notification, response, and remediation plans. If a company fails to comply with these requirements, the headaches, the legal consequences, reputational damage, and penalties can increase exponentially. A company's response to a data breach really is the most critical step that a co company can take to limit the damage to its reputation. So the immediate response of the company is really important. A company has to have a comprehensive plan. They have to have scripts that people can follow, and they have to address issues as they arise, and they also have to, to uh, coordinate. You can never plan or anticipate uh, every issue in advance, but there have to be sort of certain contingencies have to be addressed up front. So more companies now are employing proactive technical protections against data breaches, which is a welcome thing. Company should segregate and encrypt its sensitive data, and they may be able that way to protect against a data breach as defined under state laws because many states have encryption safe harbors. An unauthorized intrusion may not be able to get into encrypted data. As a result, encryption can create the safe harbor for the company. 
The GDPR, however, has the strictest sense, the strictest set of breach notification requirements, and and come and I want to go through those in much greater detail and for the rest of this podcast. And companies have to carefully consider whether creating an internal global standard to meet the GDPR makes sense from a practical and operational sense. While it may sound theoretically feasible to divide a company according to different data breach standards, for example, meeting the U.S. standards in the U.S. and the GDPR in the EU, in practice, such a division may be difficult from a technical data management standard and from a practical operational standard. So let's take a look at the GDPR requirements for data breach notification uh, in investigations and documentation. The GDPR includes a broad definition of a breach related to EU resident data and specific notification requirements for personal data breaches. The requirements uh, extend to all employees as well as to contractors, consultants, distributors, and any other agents working on behalf of the company who handle personal data as part of their employment expectations or as part of the fulfillment of their contractual duties. The responsibility for oversight of this issue uh, regarding personal data breach incidents uh, belongs to the company's data protection officer. The officer has various responsibilities, some of which that are relevant here include training of employees and agents regarding their responsibilities for data breach reporting, maintaining a log of personal data breach incidents, interacting with any EU data protection authorities, overseeing communications with personal data breach subjects, and ensuring general compliance with the data breach policy. The uh, DPO should coordinate with the company's uh, information technology department, uh, and they should um, coordinate and assist with uh, the IT department, should also assist with any initial investigation uh, related to personal data breaches and help to assess additional safeguards that may be needed uh, to increase security to improve the prevention of any personal data breaches. Definitions have to be established up front in terms of, and these are in the GDPR uh, articles themselves, personal data, personal data breach, and both of which are broadly defined. For our purposes, a personal data breach is any breach of security leading to the accidental or unlawful destruction, loss, alteration, unauthorized disclosure of or access to personal data controlled or processed by the company. So from this definition, a personal data breach does not have to be due to deliberate actions of a third party. Personal data breaches can result from accidental and deliberate causes. And they can also stem from employees' conduct or agents as well as external forces when there's, let's say, an external hack. In some limited cases, personal data breaches can even result from computer system errors. Some examples of personal data breaches include lost or stolen computing devices, uh, portable or otherwise, sending personal data to the wrong recipient, improper disposal of personal data, phishing schemes, hacking malware or ransomware incidents, equipment failures due to technical issues, fires or floods, unauthorized access of data due to employees sharing login information, 
loss or theft of paper records of personal data, and impermissible alteration of personal data. So when a data breach uh, incident or evidence has occurred that, that one may have occurred that would lead one to reasonably believe a personal uh, data breach incident may have occurred, an employee shall immediately report the incident to both their department head and the data protection officer. Agents, like I said, including data processors who discover personal data breach incidents, should report the incident directly to the data protection officer. And the company should ensure that these processors, these third-party agents or whatever, have clauses in their respective agreements and contracts that ensure reporting in compliance with uh, this policy. If discovered by an information technology person, the employee, that person, shall immediately notify the personal, uh, shall uh, report the personal data breach incident to the IT head and the, and the data protection officer who will coordinate with the appropriate personnel. So it's important that any personal data breach be reported immediately. If there is a delay, and under the law, in reporting of more than two hours, the reporter shall provide an explanation as to the cause of the delay. So let's talk about the classification of data breach, personal data breach incidents. Um, the data breach officer, upon learning about the, a possible data breach, uh, has to the, review the information collected about the potential breach and classify the reported breach into one of three categories. One is a confidentiality breach, which is an incident that's related to the unauthorized access or accidental disclosure of personal data. Two, an integrity breach, incidents related to unauthorized or accidental alteration of personal data. Three, availability breach, incidents where there's an unauthorized or accidental loss of access to or destruction of personal data. So there are a lot of consequences. I mean, there are, under such a broad definition, you're going to get a wide range of potential consequences. Uh, and the GDPR is keyed to the rights and freedoms of the related data subjects ranging in this case, let's say from negligible, where let's say a, only a name is exposed, to severe, where there's exposure of personal identity documents, personal financial data, or health data. Under the GDPR, the requirement to report a data breach incident to a supervisory authority and notify the data subjects will depend on the severity of the data breach incident and the risk to the rights and freedoms of affected data subjects. Uh, data protection officers are required to maintain records of all potential personal data breach incidents, the company and how the company assessed the incident and the company's response to the incident and the specific steps taken, if relevant, to remediate any potential personal data breach incident. The data protection officer um, has to review the information collected about a potential personal data breach and they have to look at it in terms of the following factors to assess the severity of the risk to the rights and freedoms of the affected data subjects. Well, so here are the factors that you should look at. The type of breach, the nature, sensitivity, and volume of personal data involved. Three, the ease of identification of individuals. 
Four, the severity of potential consequence for individuals. Five, the special characteristics of any individual affected by the incident. Six, any special characteristics of the data controller. Seven, the number of affected individuals. Eight, for confidentiality breaches, the identity, if known, of the person or parties to whom the personal data was disclosed. Nine, for breaches involving electronically stored records, whether the records were encrypted. And 10, any other factor that's designated as relevant for consideration by a data protection authority. So after weighing all of these factors, then the data protection officer has to classify the personal data breach incident as one, unlikely to result in a risk of harm to any individual's rights and freedoms, two, likely to result in a risk of adverse harm to the rights and freedoms of individuals, or three, likely to result in a high risk, that's the difference, the high risk of harm adversely affecting the rights and freedoms of individuals. The data protection officer has to document all the steps that are taken by every employee in connection with the response to a potential data breach. So they have to generate a personal data breach incident report regarding the uh, potential uh, data breach incident, and it has to include the following. The nature of the personal data breach, the categories of personal data related to the breach, the estimated number of data subjects affected by the breach, if the data breach involves materials stored in an individual record format, the estimated number of personal data records that were affected by the breach, whether any of the data subjects uh, affected by the breach are EU residents, the date and time of the initial discovery of the personal data breach, as well as time zone of the discoverer, like the person who first found it, if applicable documentation of any delay in reporting, this is delay within the company in the reporting of the discovery of the personal data breach, classification of the personal data breach, and an analysis of all of the risk factors and potential consequences of the data breach, specifically examining the likelihood and severity of any adverse effects to the rights and freedoms of individuals. And finally, the remediation measures taken to mitigate damages related to the personal data breach incident. Now, the initial report that's prepared by the data protection officer has to be generated within 72 hours of the discovery of the personal data breach incident. If this is not possible, the data protection officer has to provide an explanation as to the cause of the delay in addition uh, to any other information that's available to justify the delay as well. And in many cases, the initial report is, uh, will be filed uh, and uh, notified to, let's say, a supervisory authority, and it'll be supplemented as the review, the assessment, and investigation of a potential per, uh, personal data breach incident continues, and remediation measures are implemented. So let's talk about remediation for a little bit. Upon discovery of the personal data breach incident, the, the company uh, has to immediately begin uh, remediation measures. First is obviously by containing, let's say, the breach or taking technical steps to maintain. There's a malware attack that you're taking technical steps to um, contain the malware. Um, specific 
measures taken have to, will relate to the nature and scope of the security incident and may include, but are obviously not limited to, resecuring any vulnerable systems where electronic data is stored, resecuring any compromised physical locations, reporting to mobile device companies the theft or loss of devices so that they can remotely lock or deactivate uh, those mobile devices to protect data, reporting to law enforcement regarding any theft of property that may have been involved containing personal data, and the initiation of recovery of data from backup locations. Where there are situations uh, where the data breach results in a high risk of adverse effects on the rights and freedoms of individuals, remediation measures should be taken focusing on minimizing these risks. So, specific measures should be tailored to the nature and scope of the security incident and may include, but they're not limited to, sending email notifications to individuals to change compromised passwords, for example, engaging outside consultants and vendors to provide monitoring services to affected uh, individuals as well. All of these measures have to be communicated to the data protection officer, obviously, for inclusion in the continuing report that's provided. Like I said, the documentation is really critical here in terms of taking place as the incident occurs. So every individual that's involved in investigating, uh, resolving, and remediating a potential incident here has to document what steps they took, what assessments they made, findings, or remediation measures that they implemented, and then all of that documentation has to be given to the data protection officer who then provides or creates the summary report. The underlying data and underlying reports has to be maintained, however, um, and they're usually maintained pursuant to a data retention policy. Um, so the data protection officer's report is maintained for all of these potential incidents or all of these incidents regardless of the risk level that's determined. Uh, so ultimately, once you hit the definition, you're going to have to, and you have an incident, you have to create a report. Now, some will be, you know, shorter uh, and easier than others that are more, uh, you know, more devastating. Um, and the data protection officer has to identify all the reports in which the, an EU resident personal data was affected in one way or another. Okay, notification to other parties. Uh, Articles 33 and 34 of the GDPR have notification requirements for personal data breaches. And this depends, again, on the severity um, of the potential of the incident. Uh, and uh, that will create, depending upon the severity, which parties have to be uh, notified of the breach. And these notifications have to occur within certain enumerated uh, timeframes and contain specific information. So if during the course of investigating a uh, potential personal data breach incident, it becomes clear that the breach is likely to result in a risk of adversely affecting uh, uh, the rights and freedoms of individuals who are EU residents, the data protection officer has to initiate reporting to the lead supervisory authority, if one has been designated, or the relevant EU member state supervisory authorities within, again, 72 hours of discovery of the initial breach. And it can't be delayed while the initial investigation, review, and assessment is occurring. So there's an initial notification, then there's continuing investigation work. Uh, 
and the data protection officers continues and their team continue to investigate the potential data breach incident while communicating with the EU member state, let's say, supervisory authorities about the breach, and they update information contained in the report and about the incident as information becomes available. Now, there are also notification requirements for data subjects, for individuals. Um, the company has to communicate to the affected data subjects for all reports likely to result in a high risk of adversely affecting their individual rights and freedoms. So this communication should be made without delay as appropriate based on the circumstances. So the data protection officer may get guidance from the supervisory authority uh, about the type of communication that's appropriate in the situation regarding the personal data breach. Um, and and should act accordingly. Now, they the company uh, may elect to decline to notify individuals who are affected by a high-risk personal data breach incident if one of the following criteria is, is met. The company implements appropriate remedial, technical, and organizational protective measures, which uh, made the data unintelligible to unauthorized accessors and thereby eliminated any potential risk of harm to the rights and freedoms of the data subjects, or the company implemented remedial measures which ensured that the potential high risk to the rights and freedoms of data subjects is no longer likely to materialize. And if the company determines that one of these criteria applies and elects to not communicate to individuals affected by the breach, they have to document, the company has to document this determination and include it in the data protection officer's reports. If communications is going to be done to affected individuals in a high-risk situation, it should include, where possible, these factors at least. The nature of the personal data breach, the name and contact information of the data protection officer, a description of the likely consequences of the personal data breach, and remediation measures taken by the company to address the personal data breach, including any mitigation measures already taken or available to affected individuals uh, to mitigate that. Okay, um, the, the preferred method of communication to individuals should be direct communications, if available. If it's not possible to directly communicate with the individuals, or it would involve disproportionate effort to the company to communicate with any individuals, the company can take alternative measures to notify them, uh, including but not limited to prominent website banners or notices, advertisements in print media, or other measures to ensure that, there's, that they will be notified. If the company elects to use an alternative method uh, to notified data subjects. Um, it should be, the company should include supporting documentation of such a claim and the justification of such a claim in the report, in the data protection officer's report. And any communication about a potential data breach shall be exclusively limited to the subject of a data breach and shall not be included in any other communications for other purposes, such as it shouldn't be in the company. You can't rely upon a company newsletter or an employee uh, update or other internal or external information disclosure. It has to be a communication that is solely for this purpose. And it, I, obviously, the communication should be accessible in appropriate alternative formats and relevant language 
to make sure uh, it's a it's available and accessible to uh, individuals um, in, for obvious reasons. For direct communication, the format and language uh, during the previous normal course of business shall be presumed to be accessible. Uh, for security incidents in which law enforcement has been involved and where the company is advised that communication to affected individuals could hinder the investigation, the company may delay notice, and that has to be included in uh, the report and uh, notified, uh, and notification has to be uh, given to the relevant supervisory authorities as well. Okay. Well, that's it for today. It's a long, I know it's been a long podcast, but there's a lot for GDPR uh, breach notification requirements. And obviously, there are state ones that apply as well. If you need any assistance, please let us know at the Volkoff Law Group. We're happy to help you with this and planning a protocol and a procedure uh, that can uh, minimize a lot of your risk in these situations. Thanks again for listening today. So, please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company they feel vested and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.votechlaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact me at my email